already given them that promised land, that place where he's wanting to take them. And let me ask you something this morning. Are you believing in God? Do you have faith in God that God can and will and has already promised to accomplish his work in your life? You should. That's exactly where Joshua is. Joshua, Joshua had been one of only two guys out of 12 that 40 years earlier had actually been across this river. Joshua had already been where he's leading them. And Joshua's saying, oh, yes, you know what? There's going to be... Joshua knew there were obstacles over there. Joshua knew there were going to be some, some battles to wage over there. Bottom line is this. So it was Joshua has more faith in his God than he has concern of what's across the river. I want to ask you today, do you have your faith fixed on God? You see, the bottom line is this, is in our lives, you and I must understand that we will walk by faith. That's not a question. You're going to walk by faith, sir. The question is this, who's your faith going to be in? You see, these Israelites, in fact, you go back and read the book of Numbers. In Numbers chapter 11, which is two books before Joshua, part of their early history, in in Numbers, Moses writes down and records that these people had actually asked to go back to Egypt where they had been slaves. And to me, that illustrates this, that if we're not careful, what we'll do is we will put our faith in all kinds of things, even, even things that we've been enslaved to, instead of our God. It is mind-boggling to me that we would ever, ever, but it happens, put our faith in something other than God. Listen, listen, you walk by faith. Sometimes people say, well, I don't, I don't, I walk by sight. I, I verify everything. Listen, listen, let me prove it to you that you walk by faith. This afternoon, this afternoon, maybe you're going to go out to eat. Guess what? You're going to go to some restaurant it's going to mess you up this afternoon, all right, what I'm going to tell you. You're going to go to some restaurant this afternoon, and you're going to go out to eat. And what you have, you have faith that that teenager with a bad case of acne back in the kitchen is not doing something nasty to your lunch. You have faith. You have faith. You go to the pharmacy, and you turn in your prescription. And you come back an hour or two later, and you pick up your prescription, and you put that pill in your mouth. You give that medicine to your baby. You have faith that that pharmacist is not a quack. You have faith. You and I live by faith all day long. Bottom line is this. Joshua says, listen, folks, you're, you're, going, you're walking by faith. You may be walking in circles like they were doing. But you're walking by faith. So today, my challenge to us is this. Let's put our faith in God. You see, throughout my life, I battle my fear versus my faith. Fear versus faith. The key to strength and courage, it really is grounded upon faith in God. And here's here's how it happens. There's really two sides to faith. Joshua says this in verse 11. He says, prepare your provisions. Do you see that in the Bible? Prepare your provisions for within three days you're to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land. He says, prepare your provisions. Now, it's interesting. That word provisions, it, is, it, it could literally be translated, prepare the meat. Pre- this, listen, they had been eating manna for decades all right remember manna manna was the food that god would provide to them 
that would sustain them when they were wandering around the wilderness. Now God says, listen, now, now, now it's going to be time. You've you got to have to eat something a little, little bit more substantial. You see, listen, you can live on manna. You can live on the manna, which is kind of this cornmeal type. We'll just call it like that. Think grits, all right, or oatmeal, all right? You, you could live on something like that. But listen, these folks are getting ready to cross over. They're getting ready to engage in some battles. And you know what? Man is not the breakfast of champions. It's time for you to prepare your provisions. And it reminds me of this. You know, one side of my faith is this, is I need to prepare. How do I prepare? Well, let me give you a verse. Romans, Romans tells us this. Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Listen, one of the ways that I grow in my faith in God is that I read the word of God. As I, as I put my face in the word of God, even this morning as I'm kind of reading through my, my Bible reading plan to, to take me through the Bible, I'll come across a passage and I'll be like, wow, you know, it's amazing. God will say, boom, right there. That's, that's a lesson for you to remember. Listen, listen, you need to be feasting. You need to be eating upon the meat of God's word. It's one of the reasons that, that it's good in a church like this. You can get in a Bible study group. You can get in a small group. You can get in a life group. You can, you can study the Bible. In this day and age, man, you can, you can listen to the Bible being read to you as you drive to work. You can, you can have a Bible and you can have devotions delivered to your iPhone or to your smartphone. And you can get in the morning and you can have these devotions. But listen, bottom line is this. It's the word of God that builds your faith. So the Lord, the Lord wants us to prepare. So that's one side of my faith is remembering this. I'm, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to prepare. But here's the second side to it. The second side is I prepare, but the Lord provides. And that's what he says. He says, for within three days you're to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Understand this. Listen, our faith is not in our works. I'm preparing because my faith is in the Lord. My faith is in the Lord, that the Lord is going to ultimately provide, that he's going to give me the wisdom I need and the strength I need and the courage I need and the direction I need and the word that I need. So understand the key to strength and courage is faith in God. And, you know, look at what Joshua, now he's a military commander. They're staring at this raging river at flood stage right he says prepare your provisions but that word does not mean boats it does not mean bridges now wouldn't that make more human sense to you and me that that josh would say okay look we got a few days we're going to we're going to get out there we're going to get out there we're going to get the engineering department out there we're going to get the construction crew out there we're going to get the cvs out there we're going to we're going to build some bridges we're going to call the Navy in. We're going, we're, going to, we're going to get some boats out. Listen, we're going. We need some boats and we need bridges. We've got to get across this river. But Joshua doesn't do that. You see, Joshua had actually seen these people cross a body of water before. When he was a younger man, he had watched his mentor. He had watched Moses march the people of God, men, women, boys, and girls. He had watched him march them up to the Red Sea. And there wasn't a boat in sight. And he had watched God provide the way across. And so Joshua shows us that all along he has had his faith in God. It didn't mean they weren't going to prepare to cross over. It just meant he was trusting God to provide the way. 
Does that make sense to you? Who are you putting your faith in today? You know, it may seem simple or trite or overly just like a simple religious overture to say my faith is in God. But let me tell you, it determined the trajectory and the success of Joshua's command. He would command and lead a nation of people into the land that God had for them. You know what? As a church family, as individual families, the key to us having strength and courage is bottom line this. Do we have our faith in God? You know, and what, what, had, been a, what had been a tragedy was when you go back and you look at Numbers, in the book of Numbers, in like chapter 11, you read this, the people complained. It says, it says in chapter 11, the rabble that was among them. They, they say, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. Yeah, it cost you nothing but slavery. That's what it cost you. We remember this. And even, even Moses is fed up with it. But Moses, Moses is now he's complaining to God. He complains to God. Why, why are you making me lead these people? Why, why did you call me to have to deal with these people? This is, this is what it was like with this group. God calls them rabble. They are complainers. Then, then God, by his grace, doesn't wipe them out, doesn't just move on. In Numbers 13, they send out a dozen of their leading warriors to spy out the land. Ten of the 12 come back and say, uh-uh, we can't do this. There's giants over there, man. Man, man, you know, it's just going to be, there's no way we can do this. They don't think they have the strength, nor do they have the courage, except two, two men, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, they give the minority report. And they say, what are you guys talking about? Were you, were you on the same trip we were on? You're kidding me, right? God has called us to do this. God is with us. And listen, Joshua and Caleb, they are now, in Joshua chapter 1, they are now like 80 years old. And these men have a strong and courageous faith. And I praise God for some of the people that God has put across my path. That down deep, I know they've had some sleepless nights. Down deep, I know they've had some fears. But, but they have shown great faith in God. Bottom line, this is our challenge, loved ones. We must understand that the key to us having strength and courage is putting our faith in God. Who are you putting your faith in today? Is it in God? They, they would spend these three days staring at this river. Three days. I think, I, think there, I think there was a couple lessons to that. As they looked at that river raging and thought to themselves, well, I've got to get my wife and my kids across that. You know what I think? I think, I think first of all, they must have thought, now that's an impossible goal. What, I wonder what you think in your life is an impossible goal right now. They stared at that. But here, here, here was the point where they would cross over. When it wasn't just seeing an impossible goal, it was putting faith in their incredible God. That's how Joshua is strong and courageous. So as a church family, let me ask you, are we putting our faith in God? Are we trusting God? Are we ble- now? I'm not listen. I'm not talking about some kind of flimsy marshmallow. Just kind of feel it if you can feel it. Kind of faith. No, I'm talking about a faith grounded in the truth and the promises of God's word. 
That's what God is calling us to. That's what God's calling us to. Number two, here's a, here's a second advisory. Not only is the key to being strong and courageous, putting your faith in God, here it is. Number two, don't just sit back and rest, but be willing to help others. Listen to what he says. He, now he speaks specifically to the two and a half tribes who, who they didn't have to cross the river. This is what he says. He says, and to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But listen, all the men of valor, all your warriors, all your warriors among you shall pass over armed before your brothers, and here's the key, shall help them. Okay, so all right, I get it. So, so for my family and me, I got to have faith in God. But here's the deal. So once you get to your place of rest, here's, here's a point I want to make to us. Don't just sit back and rest. We need to help some others get across. I find this to be a passage that grits me when I think about the church at large. Because so often in a church, what we're prone to do is once our family gets comfortable, once our children get saved, once, once, once maybe we get our children raised, once our church gets to be whatever we deem to be a comfortable size, we just want to sit back and rest. And Joshua says, that was not your promise. These folks, they had, they'd gotten to a certain point because they had cattle. You can go back and read in the Bible about it. They said, this is good. This is good enough. We're cool. We're going to stay right here. And Moses said, now listen, God, is, God has told us we're going to go across here, but you, you're good here? Okay, you're good here. Here's the deal. You have to promise that you will help the others get across the river. And here's the promise we made. Listen, when you and I, when we come to Christ and we get to enjoy the blessings of salvation and we are saved by his grace, listen, we are duty bound to help others know Jesus. Duty bound. And that means for some of us, it is stepping out of our comfort zone and being ready to minister and to serve and to help others get across the river. You see, Joshua is concerned at this point that Israel is not going to be united in fighting the battle. And that's something a church has to be aware of. There are really two, two big concerns of why churches end up tanking and crashing and burning. Here it is. One is, there's some type, there are times where there's leadership issues, but I'll tell you a second one. It's when the church itself has some major behavioral problems. And these Israelites, man, listen, they were complainers, they were grumblers, and they were self-interested. And Joshua says, listen, you got to get out of your comfort zone, and this, this becomes your priority. Are you going to help others get across the river? And that's a challenge. I think, man, when I read that, I thought about us and I thought, God, we must understand that we cannot just sit back and rest. But we got to be willing to help others. And you know what? There have been days, there have been years, there have been moments in this church's history where that's the vision that we've had. We've said, we're not just going to sit back and rest, but we're going to help others get across the river. And that's what God is reminding of us reminding us and calling us to right now. 
And it may mean that, and it may mean this. It may mean we're going to be that we might send out children to a foreign mission field once they grow up. It may mean that God's going to call call us to reach out to neighbors. It may mean that God's going to call us to get out of our comfort zone. But here's the warning: not everybody got with the program. There should have been, according to one count, over 130,000 troops from those two and a half tribes that would have crossed the river. The Bible tells us only 40,000 do it. And that's what happens so often. It's so often just a part of the people of God really are ready to get in the battle. Are you in the battle? You know, I, I, I used to, I used to, I used, it kind of hit me one time pastoring how we would have, um, and I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just talk to men here. At men, how we would coach Little League, we would... Um, we could coach all kinds of different programs. And then, and then you come to a guy and say, listen, listen, would you be willing to help uh, teach these boys and girls about Jesus? No, I don't do that. Man, they can sit there and they can draw plays. They can come up with all kinds of athletic strategy. They can tie all kinds of knots in these different little boy scout groups. But listen, you, you want someone to just tell somebody about Jesus. They're, 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 it's like you're asking them to begin to do nuclear science or something. And I'm like, listen, guys, listen, if you can do this, listen, listen, and, and, that's, and listen, the power of God is promised to you as you step out in faith to serve him for his purposes. You have to believe that God can use you to do that. So let me just challenge you specifically. Man, I think of opportunities like Vacation Bible School. In a church like this, we ought to be just having people in reserve, man, saying, hey, listen, you know what? We're going to have like 10 adults working with that group, okay? But listen, we'll work you in there, and you're going to have some opportunity to serve. A church like this with the generations represented here, man, we ought never have to ask but once. Man, people ought to just be lined up and say, put me in, coach. But here's what happens. We got our camp set up, and we're kicking back. And Joshua says, listen, you have to help others across the river. Listen, there are people, there are families, there are people in this community, there are people on this uh, army post over here, there are people in these neighborhoods back here. Listen, they're sitting there, and they need to get across the river. And will you help? That's, that's what Joshua calls them to. Don't just sit back and rest, but be willing to help others. Helping others honors the word of God. Helping others shows that we're thankful for God's grace. Helping others, listen, it's not just about my family. Jesus told us, love your neighbor. Jesus even told us to love our enemies. We're told that by Jesus, if we will give a cup of water, even to a stranger, it's like we've given it to him. Helping others can require us to get out of our comfort zone. But that's what the Lord did. He left heaven so you and I could go to heaven. The key to having strength and courage is faith in the Lord. Number two, don't just sit back and rest, but be willing to help others. And then look at what happens in verse 16. It says this, they now answer Joshua. They answer Joshua, and this is what they said, all that you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Now, here's what, here's what happens. The first part of John 1, God is speaking to Joshua. And then we've seen Joshua speaking to his leaders. Now they speak back to him. And here's, here's an advisory for you as you move forward with God. 
being a godly leader is important. We would all say amen to that. We need to have godly pastors. We need to have godly church leaders. But here it is. So is being a godly follower. And I've heard a lot of lessons on good leadership, but I've heard very few on on good followership. And what you see here is these followers give us some things to take to heart as a people of God. The chapter begins with the commissioning of a new leader, and it seems to end now with this commitment of the followers. And let me just kind of point it out to you. First of all, they encourage Joshua by assuring him of their complete support. Now, I'm not talking about being yes men. I'm not, talking about, I'm, I'm not saying that churches shouldn't have accountability for their leaders. I'm just saying this, that, that what you see with these followers is they are willing to start from the position of support. And so often what will happen is when it comes to our leaders, we'll be like, hmm, impress me, then I'll see. And that's not what they do. They say, Joshua, we're, right, we're with you, man. We're ready to press on. In the novel, The Marquis of Lasse, George MacDonald, listen to this quote. He said this, I find the doing of the will of God leaves me no time for disputing about his plan. You know, my guess is in, in the army, for some of you who are in the service, my guess is that, you know what, that, that you can argue more over petty things and like what's on the menu when you're stateside than when you're, oversight, when you're overseas in the middle of a battle. I'm assuming that'd be the case, right? Folks, listen, we're in a battle. They throw in their support. Number two, get this. They say they're praying for him. Verse 17, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you only, and here's their prayer, may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. How my heart has been strengthened and encouraged by the saints who have come up to me in years gone by and said, we are praying for you, pastor. We are praying for you. We are praying for you. My challenge to us would be this. Before we would ever go up to a leader and give him some advice, we would, we would more frequently go up to that leader and simply remind him, praying for you and your family, brother. Praying for you and your family, sister. Praying for you. Praying for you. They assure him of their prayers. No Christian worker succeeds to the glory of God apart from prayer. Then look at this, verse 18. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command them shall be put to death. Now that seems a little bit extreme, doesn't it? Now they were in a battle. These are battlefield rules. But here's what I take away from verse 18. They encouraged Joshua by assuring him that they took their responsibility seriously. Here's, here's the deal. As followers, as members of this church, as people in this army, listen, we ought to take our responsibilities seriously. And they did. And finally, man, they encourage him. They simply remind Joshua of the word of God and God's call on his life. You know what? As followers, that's what we, we need to encourage our leaders like that. We need to say, listen, God, is, God has told you to be strong and courageous. God has told us that we're doing as well. Here's what God's word tells us we're to be about. And I think about there were times when, man, I would get scared and I would get fearful in planting a church. And I would wonder, how are things going to turn out, man? Is it going to work out this way? And I had a young family and I was wondering what, what was going to happen. And then there would be, oftentimes I found, people of all different generations. And sometimes they were older folks that God had sent, sent our way. And they would come alongside me and they would just remind me, you know what? We're doing what God's word told us to do. We're loving our neighbors as ourselves. We're making disciples of all nations. We're praying for one another. 
Be strong and courageous, Pastor. Every now and then I'd have to deal with a conflict or somebody wouldn't like something. They'd come in and they would remind me, we're praying for you. Boy, how that, how that helped us to move forward. Loved ones, today, God has taken us to Joshua chapter 1. I think to speak a word to us as a church, as a church, about how do we move forward. Well, I tell you, the key is this. We must put our focus and our attention on having a deep faith in God. We must not just stay in our comfort zone. You know, something interesting. These folks, these two and a half tribes, and the other group, they end up on other sides of the river, right? Joshua 22. In Joshua 22, listen to this. These two groups that are really, they're family. They are almost, they get ready to go at war with each other. Why? Because evidently, the group on the other side of the river looked back across the river and they thought they had started worshiping a different God just because they were having a different worship service. And when I read that, what hit me is this. Is listen, in a growing church often, and, and the research shows that more churches that we're now having to have multiple services. It's just good economics. It's, it works well on reaching the community. But here's the thing. Understand this. Even, even if the style is different, even if the time is different, what we must drill down to and hold on to is this. What matters most is the object of our worship. And here is what we must do as a church. And I told those brothers, brothers and sisters gathered at 930 this too. I said, listen, here's the key. What, what we do when we gather together, whatever time, whatever place, whatever style, it really must ultimately be about magnifying the Lord. Magnifying the Lord. You see, sometimes I, I, I'm going to have to get up and leave my place of rest and comfort and my comfort zone to help others. But then thirdly, here's the thing. Please, please, let us all take to heart what it means to be a godly follower because here's the key. Joshua, the name Joshua, that is the same name that basically Jesus has in the New Testament. Yeah. Joshua is like the Old Testament version in their language of the name Jesus in the New Testament language of the Bible. So here's the deal. Listen, listen. You're not just, you're not just following me or pastors here. Listen, no. I'm just an under-shepherd. That's all I am. I'm an under-shepherd, okay? I'm an under-shepherd. Joe's an under We're under-shepherds. Andy's under-shepherds. Jesus is the shepherd-in-chief, he is the commander-in-chief. And these followers, man, they say, Joshua, lead us. And that's what we need to say to Jesus. Joshua tells these, these lieutenants of his, this is what you tell the troops. That's, you know, I, my job's simple. My job is only to try to pass on as best I can by the Spirit of God is to pass on the orders from the commander-in-chief. That's it. That's it. So here's, here's the invitation today. Number one, have you, here it is, listen carefully. Have you put your faith in Almighty God? Have you? Have you said, 
I don't understand all of it. I don't know why I've had to go through some of this. Listen, have you put your faith in your gracious, almighty God who did not spare his own son just so you can know him? Have you put your faith in him? Joe and I, we're going to be down front. And if you've never, ever publicly just shared with another person, I'm going to put my faith in the Lord today. We invite you to come and just share that with us. We'd like to talk with you, pray with you, and encourage you in that, how you can walk by faith in the Lord. Number two, if you have any comfort zones, if you have any things you're just kind of holding on to that are hindering you from truly making yourself available to help others cross the river, would you today just say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Help me to be willing to help others with a gracious spirit. And then thirdly, it's not so much about you committing to be a leader today as you and I committing to be a follower, a genuine follower of Jesus. But what that means is this, is there's opportunity then for us to encourage those whom God calls to lead among us. I pray you'll take some of those to heart, practically speaking. I ask you to stand, bow your heads in prayer. I'd like to lead us in prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. As you know, men and women, boys and girls, there's times when, when we are fearful. We're not sure where the drops are going to come in the ride. We're not sure where the curves or the loop-de-loops are going to happen and our walk with the Lord. Sometimes we get thrown for a loop. Sometimes that coaster takes us around a, around a curve faster than we would have ever dreamed. So today I simply want to ask you this. Understand this. The Lord is with you. The Lord's with you. He sees us through. He's the one who created the ride. He's the engineer of the ride. He's at the controls. So Lord God, I pray that as we find ourselves moving forward with our daughters and with our sons and with our husbands, with our wives, with our neighbors, when we find ourselves on this ride that's going up and down and around the curves, God, I pray that today we will all, all know and put our faith in you that you're at the controls, Lord. You're with us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. May our faith be in you. May we be willing to help others get across the river. God, make us godly followers. We pray for our pastor search team. We pray for our life group leaders. We pray for our church staff. We pray for our deacons. We pray for those who lead among us. God, may we keep praying for them. May we be willing to take up our position and to march forward into the battle. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You respond as God leads.